Thank you for tuning in to this edition of Kingsway Podcast from Pastor Sean. You are about to hear a message from a recent Sunday service. We consider it a privilege to be on a spiritual journey with you. So take a few moments with us and allow God to inspire you today. It's hard. It's hard to understand that God is good all the time. It's hard. This life is hard. We live in a sinful world. Things happen all the time. We don't understand and we can't process. But that doesn't mean he's not at work, church. God is at work. Even when we don't see it, God is at work. Amen, brother? Even when we don't feel it, God is at work. He is working all the time. He is good And he never stops being good. He never stops working, church. We need to get a hold of this, amen? Just because we can't see the end, just because we can't see through the trial we're going through, does not take anything away from God. Church, I believe that it's hard to see when God is good when there are giants in the land. You remember, you remember when the church, the people of God, escaped from from Egypt, split the Red Sea, got through onto the other side, and they're going through the wilderness, and they finally get, they finally get to see the promised land, the land of milk and honey, the land of blessing, the land of paradise was right before them. They finally understood all of their trials, all of their tribulations. They finally understood what this was all about. They were going to walk into the promised land. But then they saw the giants in the land. And for some, it changed everything. This message today is called The Giants in the Land. Are there giants in the land? Often when we hear this phrase is considered a bad thing. Images rush to the mind of massive bodies with superhuman strength and size. We may think of giants as hurting us, killing us, or even eating us. I bet some of your minds lands on the story of David and Goliath, the giant of Goliath, the giant who called out God's people. I'm sure most of you are ushered back to the Old Testament and you remember the promised land and, and you remember the people, they, the spies, they informed God's people that they could not have what God promised because, well, they were giants in the land. Or maybe, maybe you recall stories of your childhood. Maybe you recall Jack and the beanstalk and the big surprise he found when he got to the top of that beanstalk. Then, of course, there are plenty of blockbuster movies centered around giants Supersized gorillas like King Kong or Rampage. Enormous dinosaurs. And my personal favorite, massive machined transformers. <laughs> These movies have much in common, you see. For one, they all bring to life an impossible situation to overcome. So I ask again, are there giants in the land? Well, for one, I know so. Because I know that Satan has put in front of many of us today supersized obstacles, enormous challenges, and massive problems to overcome. Some of these are personal. 
some biological. Some are family-related or job-related. Some attack our country, our government, and our schools. Some are an attack on our mind or our spirit. I believe each of us faces off with giants at some point in our life, and if you haven't yet, you will someday. And when we do, we ask God to slay them for us, to take the giants away. We ask him to protect us. We ask him to give us victory. Today, church, is about that victory. You see, all these movies, they have something else in common. They each have an interesting spin on the giant-sized star of the big screen. We go into the story at first worried, worried and in fear of all the danger the giants can cause. But in the end, we learn these giants before us also have a positive side, a side where their supernatural abilities can actually be used to save our lives, to help protect us, to help us from the bad guys. Church, to be clear this morning, I believe that God intends to flip the script on giants. I think it was always God's plan to do so. The Bible is full of stories of evil giants coming against God's people. Stories of impossible situations facing those who actually love God. You see, just because we're children of God does not make us immune to challenge Attacks are evil. It rains on the just and the unjust. These last few weeks alone, we've studied the attacks on Jesus himself that he underwent. And before that, we saw the woman with the issue of blood. And before that, the religious leader whose daughter was dying. In all these stories, and again today, we will study and we will remind ourselves of how God truly works in our lives if you will, I encourage you to open your Bibles and turn to Judges chapter 6. Now, many of you know right away when I say Judges, you don't even need to know what chapter. You know I'm referring to chapter 6. because It's a hard book to read, but right in the middle is this story about a man named Gideon. And this story about Gideon is fascinating. It's not that long. I want to read a couple verses from it. I'm going to start from verse 1. I'm just going to read... 15 or 16 verses here. It's in my story Bible. I'm going to read Judges 6, verse 1. It starts with, The Israelites did evil in the Lord's sight. So the Lord handed them over to the Midianites. You know, sometimes the struggles in our life come from our own doing. There comes a time where we need to take responsibility. But many don't know how to do that. Today we're going to learn the Midianites were so cruel that the Israelites made hiding places for themselves in the mountains and the caves and the strongholds. Whenever the Israelites planted their crops, marauders from the Midian, Amalek, and the people of the east would attack Israel, camping in their land and destroying crops as far as Gaza. They left the Israelites with nothing to eat, taking all their sheep, goats, cattle, and donkeys. These enemy hordes coming with their livestock and tents were as thick as locusts. They arrived on droves of camels too numerous to count. And they stayed until the land was stripped 
bear. Verse 6 says, So Israel was reduced to starvation by the Midianites. Then the Israelites cried out to the Lord for help. When they cried out to the Lord because of Midian, the Lord sent a prophet to the Israelites. He said, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I brought you out of slavery in Egypt. I rescued you from the Egyptians and from all who oppressed you. I drove out your enemies and gave you their land. I told you I am the Lord your God. You must not worship any other God, the God of Amorites, in whose land you live now. But you have not listened to me. Then the angel of the Lord came and sat beneath the great tree of Ophrah, which belonged to Joash. Gideon, the son of Joash, was threshing wheat at the bottom of a wine press to hide, hide the grain from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, Mighty hero, the Lord is with you. Repeat, Lord is with you with me. Lord is with you. Sir, Gideon replied, if the Lord is with us, here's the excuse. If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the miracles our ancestor told us about? Didn't they say the Lord has brought us up out of Egypt, but now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to the Midianites? It feels that way sometimes. It feels sometimes, even when we're following God's will and plan, when things go awry in our mind, it feels as though he's abandoned us. So the Lord turned to him and said, Go with the strength you have. Say, strength you have. And rescue Israel from the Midianites. I am sending you. But the Lord Gideon replied, How can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh. And I am the least in my family. The Lord said to him, I will be with you. And you will destroy the Midianites as if you were fighting against only one man. Heavenly Father, Lord, I pray that this word would be like a two-edged sword piercing the attacks of Satan, piercing the struggles and pain that those are going through and releasing your will in the lives of your saints. Father God, it is no mistake who is here today listening to this word, it is for them. It is no mistake to who is listening online, it is for them. Father God, make this moment one of those moments where you transform a life in Jesus' name. Church says, God is good. And all the time. So this story is pretty, pretty basic here, church. Israel is doing something wrong. God takes his hand of protection off of them. They become inhabited. They become occupied by this Midianite army. Thousands of people pillaging and destroying their towns, taking their food, taking their livestock, taking their homes, leaving them nowhere to live. They must scurry or be slaves or meet death. So they hide in the mountains. They hide in the woods. They hide wherever they can to stay away. They forge for what they can. And there's off one man named Gideon. And he's hiding. He's hiding. He's scared. He's worried. 
what he's doing is he's in, a, he's in a wine press in the cave. They knew, they knew that they had no grapes, so they wouldn't be searching for him in a wine press. So he was, he was hiding there as a likely place to thresh wheat. Normally, they do it outside where the animals can help and the, the wind can blow the waste away. But no, he's doing it all by hand. And that is where the Lord meets him. And that is where the Lord says to him, a powerful, powerful, powerful recognition. You see, this man was weak. It says it. This man was least in his family. It says it. This man was hiding. It says it. This man was fearful. It says it. And yet God says, the Lord is with you. That's the way I hear him say it in my mind. The emphasis is on you. The Lord is with you, Gideon. The Lord is not with others right now. He's not with the strongest among your clan. He's not with the strongest ones, the ones that are preparing, the ones that are better prepared to fight the Midianites. He's not with the army leaders or the political leaders or the religious leaders. He's not with those who are sitting around a table orchestrating a grand attack or a grand escape. He's not with them. He's with you. Unqualified, untrained unknowledgeable of what to do, caught in his own fear, gripped by his own darkness. The Lord is with you, my son, my daughter. Then he says, you mighty man of valor. That's how the King James translates it. You man of valor. You mighty warrior. You hero. You the courageous one. It's as almost as if anyone else were to hear that around Gideon, they would be, are you kidding me? This guy, the weakling, the nobody? But something happens, church. Something happens. The next time God speaks, the Lord turned to him and said, go with the strength you have. Go with the strength you have. Church, you need to hear this really quickly and really clearly. It is God's strength that will be victorious. It is God working through you that will be victorious. He doesn't need you to be something that you're not. He doesn't need you to grow in something that you can't be. He will use what he created you to be. He will use what's in you for his glory. Amen? He is saying to Gideon right here, I intend to do something with you. I intend to use what's already inside you. What you think is not enough is just enough for me. I am sending you, Gideon. I am waking you up, Gideon. I am rising you up, Gideon. And I always intended to do so. It then continues, God says, the Lord said to him, I will be with you. You see, this is one little tidbit here, but I need to tell you, there are so many times that we get down on our hands and knees and we pray for, for God's will and he begins to orchestrate our lives and we begin to follow suit and we begin to see God opening doors and, and allowing victories to take for before us. And then somewhere along the lines as minister leaders and as people of the church, we get off the path and we start taking things in our own hands and we say, we got it now, Lord, we can do it. The Lord is reminding Gideon right here, I will be with you. Stay with me. And I will be there when you accomplish the task I set you out to do. We need to stay on the path. 
The story ends with Gideon and merely 300 men. 300 men! And he defeated tens of thousands. If you're interested in that story and how it ends, go read. It's only a few chapters. But what I want you to focus on today, church, is something very special. God intends to wake the sleeping giant inside each of us. Any one of us who has faced severe trials typically ask God two questions. Usually, why me? And why can't you just fix it? The answer to both of these questions is the same today. When we ask God, why me? And why don't you fix it? God responds, because I want to use you. You see, God intends to do something with you, for you, through you, and he needs you to do it. God intends to wake up something inside of you so you can be the giant. The giant he originally created you to be. The giant of faith he needs you to be. God was never going to destroy Goliath. It was always God's plan for David. David was the one to realize he was the champion. God was merely using his horrific circumstance to wake up a new giant, a giant killer inside of David. God was not going to save Noah from the flood. God intended to use this event to wake up a new giant, a giant boat builder inside of Noah. God was never just going to kill off the vast armies of the Midianites. No, no, he was going to wake up a new giant, the giant champion and leader of faith Gideon had inside of him. God wants to wake us all up this morning. Each of us is a sleeping giant. Some know it. Others are scared of it. While many are still blinded by our past and what others say about us, we fail to realize the next giant, the next giant of faith, is you. God created you. He needs you to be what he always intended you to be. Now we may ask, from what type of slumber must we awake? I pray no one's asleep right now, but I'm not talking about a typical sleep. This is not a physical sleep. This is not because we are tired from the busy lives we live this is not a mental sleep because of some lack of education or opportunity. This is not even a spiritual sleep because I know many of you today have been reborn. Our spirits are born again and we hunger for more of God. No, I tell you today, this is your identity that is at sleep. It's like sleepwalking through this world, not realizing who you are, who you were born to be. It's a self-imposed, self-image, self-confidence identity crisis. Your identity is who you are in Christ. The Bible says you're an heir to the kingdom. It says you're an adopted son of the king of kings and the Lord of lords. It says you have all authority on heaven and in earth in the name of Jesus Christ. It says you are the head and not the tail. You are the victory. You are the champion, church. 
Do you understand that in fact you are the miracle that somebody is looking for today? You are the prayer someone is waiting on today. You are the one much like Jesus that God sent to this planet so that his will may be done through you in Jesus' name. But we must all wake up and realize that we have a heaven to gain and a hell to conquer. That there are other people, there are other souls at stake. Some people you will see and some people will see you and they will see me as their only Bible. They will see us as their only sermon. They will see us as their miracle. We need to be that miracle, that Bible, that sermon in their lives. Our world cannot be reduced to merely satisfying our own goals, our own plans, our own thoughts. Our lives cannot be centered around accomplishing some success story we made up for ourselves or some fantasy we hope one day will be true. It cannot be about our will. Thine will be done. Let this cup pass before me. Your will be done, not mine, is what the word says. Well, how do you wake up? Well, how does anyone wake up? How did you wake up this morning? I always ask myself this question. I'm perplexed by those who just wake up like a, a mechanism. I always wonder, they, do they hear a voice? Is that what wakes you up? Do you hear a sound that stirs you in the morning? Is it maybe that you sleep so long you just get tired of sleeping? I pray none of us wake up so late just because we're finally tired of sleeping and passed most of our time away. Because there's a voice. But I ask you today, what voice, what alarm are you waiting for? As like many in the Bible, some only wake up after tragic events. Noah, David, Moses. Tragic events have their way of getting our attention, don't they? I think God knows this. And through these tragic events, he offers a special gift of mercy. These events, you see, they all have the potential of two extremes in our lives. On one extreme, there is utter darkness. This is, of course, Satan's plan to help lead us on to a fall, a fall that leads us into darkness, a darkness as if there's no way out. Satan, he tries to remind us that there's no plan for good, no plan for us to prosper. But we must remember that there is a plan, church. There is always a plan. God has a plan for you, a plan for good and not to harm you, a plan for a future and a hope, a plan for you to prosper in Jesus' name. And then there is the other extreme where God is waiting, where his mercy is wrapped up in a bow like a present just for you. It is often in these extreme events where we can desperately cling to God and finally be as honest with him as he always hoped us to be. It is in this exchange of honesty that God often reveals who we truly were born to be. He reveals the giant that lives inside of us, not those around us. He wants to reveal it 
and often does in the midst of tragedy. But we must respond to his voice like Gideon did and others in the Bible. I pray we all hear his voice this morning. I pray his voice awakens us like those in the Bible before us. Do you remember the sleeping disciples we talked about last week in the Garden of Gethsemane? Peter, James, and John, the three of them go with Jesus. Jesus says, remain awake and keep watch. Jesus goes and prays, and they're asleep. Jesus comes back not once, not twice, but three times to find them asleep, all three times. Jesus says, Simon, Peter, are you asleep? In my mind, as if the Spirit is whispering to Peter, wake up. And become the man of God I need you to be. Do you remember the little sick, dying girl from a message a few weeks ago? The daughter of the religious leader in Mark chapter 5. You know, the daughter was dying. They called Jesus. He got distracted in another event. They told him the daughter is dead. He said, no, the daughter is sleeping. He goes to see the daughter. It says, the crowd laughed at him. But he made them all leave. He took the girl's father and mother and his three disciples, Peter, James, and John, in the room where the girl was lying. Holding her hand, he said to her, Taltha koam, which means, little girl, get up. And the girl, who was just 12 years old, admittedly stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Little girl, get up. Little girl, arise. Little girl, awake. I have much for you to do. God is saying that to us. But the little girl, even in that deep, deep slumber that others thought was a moment of death, she must have heard Jesus' voice. She must have walked and headed towards his voice. She responded to his voice. Will you this morning? Will you hear his voice? Will you respond to him? We must hear his voice and we must respond to him. Church, God called Eddie, called his name this weekend, and he woke up. But this time he woke up on the other side of God's grace. When he woke up, he heard God calling his name, Eddie, well done, good and faithful servant. At that moment, he was forevermore in God's presence, never to suffer, never to worry, only to experience God's love for all eternity. From what I heard, Eddie's last day was glorious. It was almost a perfect day on earth for him. God welcomed him from that day into the perfection of heaven where he now waits his family, and me, and all of you. But between that time and this day, we have work to do. We all do. We must allow God to awaken the giants in us. We must allow God's will to be done here on earth while we still have breath for it to be so. There are giants in this land, and I am excited about it. There are giants in this church, and I am excited about it. 
Church, I believe there are sleeping giants in this land. There are sleeping giants all among us. As I read scripture, I realize like Gideon, the giant inside may look different than the persons we are today. The giant will use perhaps a different skill set than we would guess, different resources than we would expect him to, different talents than we're probably using right now. From a fearful coward to a mighty man of valor, I believe that God is speaking to individuals all across this congregation. He's speaking to you today. Some of you will awaken. There are giants in you. There are giants in you. Matt, there's a giant in you, brother. What you've seen is just a glimpse. Sunitha, there's a giant in you. And just because you go away to school will not diminish at all what he is going to do in your life. Shannon is a giant in you, and you know it. There's a giant in every one of us. Kathy, there's a giant in you. You think what God has done in your past is worthy and praiseworthy, but what God is doing in your future, you have to write books about. There are giants in you. Some of us may be about to lead a ministry we never wanted to do. Some of us may be able to start a ministry that we were never prepared to do. Some of us may be reaching out to our neighbors and our coworkers in ways we never thought we could do. Some of us may be giving finances to the church in such a big way like they've never done before. Some of us will step out in faith as God awakens us. We must step out. We must go deeper. We must trust more intimately. Then he can awaken those ministries, those activities, those spiritual gifts inside us that he always intended us to use for his kingdom. Maybe for some people, this will only be for a season. Maybe for others, it will be the moment of your life that is forever transformed. But no matter who you are, one thing remains true. We all have more in us that God can use. Maybe, maybe there are some among us that doubt what I am saying, doubt that there's anything deeper inside of them, deeper within them. I ask you today, if a fig tree does not bear figs, is it still a fig tree? If an apple tree has no fruit hanging from its branches, does it not exclude it from being such a tree? You see, God made it. He made it an apple tree. That's what he created. And it will one day bear fruit. And in the right conditions, it will bear much fruit. God made you today. And he was perfect in that effort. You are victorious. You are a giant killer. You have a supernatural miracle inside of you that God intends to awake today.
If you have not seen the fruit inside of you yet, fear not. He is speaking to you right now. He is speaking to that which was always inside of you to come forth. Ephesians 5, chapter 14 says, Awake, O sleeper, arise from the dead. Christ will shine on you. As the worship team comes to help me close this service, many of you spiritually are alive, but your ministries are dead. And he wants to rise you up, church. He wants to awaken you. Matt, you have a giant in you, brother. God is just starting to show you how he's going to awaken it. Awake, O sleeper, and arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. The reason why he says it like this is because in our lives, even as Christians, we have moments of darkness, moments of confusion, moments where we don't know which way to go, what God's plan is. And I encourage you today, I encourage you today to awake and hear his voice, seek him out, believe that he has a plan, and allow his light to comfort you, allow his light to guide you. He has a plan, and his plan is good. In Jesus' name. Just because the fig tree or the apple tree has not yet bore its fruit does not make it such a tree. And just because you may not have experienced the victory that God intended for you does not mean you are not victorious. It is yet to come. Gideon was created to be brave, to be courageous, to be a leader. Life and its troubles and experience forced that giant into remission. Forced his identity into a deep sleep. His future was in a coma. When he needed a miracle, his people needed. When his people needed a miracle, his church needed a miracle. God did not destroy the enemy for him. God reminded him who he was. God calls the fruit forward church God woke up the giant and the mighty man of valor inside of Gideon go with the strength you have he told him it was always inside of you Gideon go as God answered the prayer not with some cosmic display of his power no God did it by reminding him who he was in Christ and he's now calling you forth today will you stand with me he's calling you forth he is calling your fruit to bear today. Just because you've never seen it inside of you, or maybe you haven't seen it in a while, that doesn't mean it's not who you are. It doesn't mean it's not who you were born to be. You see, God is perfect. He makes no mistakes in your life. He created you, and it is time for some of you to wake up. It is time for the spirit inside to waken the giant that was always there. He has work today to do. He is working right now. Even if you can't feel it, He is working. Even if you can't see it, He is working, church. Because when God is for us, nothing, nothing, nothing can stand against us.
We at Kingsway hope you enjoyed this message from Pastor Sean. It was not by chance you listened to it. God is speaking to you. Visit kingswaycc.org to find the podcast from Pastor Sean. We pray today that this somehow inspired you to draw closer to God and to connect with His people, His purpose, and His power. God bless you.